Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world at any time that you're hearing this. This is Sarad Carell and talking to you in the telepathic world. Today, Elder Talk Radio, which is the teachings of the first elder, the first priestess, and the first priest of the Corellian tradition, each in our own several ways to discuss a single subject every month. This month, we're talking about psychism. Um, and psychism is the idea of being psychic. It's kind of a clumsy word, and I know that people are like, oh, yeah, that, but well, I'm a psychic. And what does that really mean? Well, what is a psychic? A psychic is an individual who is using more than their traditional five senses to gather information. And those five traditional senses are sight, hearing, uh, smell, taste, and touch. Those are the five senses that we generally interpret. And there are some people who argue there are other senses that we have that we just don't understand. But when you go beyond those physical, materialistic ways to interpret information, it is what we call a psychic sense, ESP, the sixth sense, the psychic realm, any number of things. But actually, it's a very broad world. It's been studied for a very long time. And the problem is that a lot of people think it's filled with fraud and deceit, and it's used to, to make money, and it's used to do all sorts of weird things. And also that it is against God's law of the Christian Muslim and Judaic faiths in a lot of ways. Some people would argue against Judaism because they love the Kabbalah and a few other things, but generally it's against most traditional faiths to have a sensory ability to contact sensory information beyond the normal realm of thinking. And why is that? Because ultimately we live in the thing called a reality tunnel. Each one of us have our reality tunnels and we desire to, to understand and filter information. And the primary way we filter information through most ways is through the sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch of what we are interacting with. And that it's easier to control people through those methods because we've learned how to work with them from millions of years of conditioning, thousands and thousands of years of society and governmental controls, uh, tribal controls, mirror neurons that reflect what we want to do to be part of the group. And anything that can disrupt those reality tunnels that we share with other people are dangerous because it brings in a new eye that has to change the way that power, authority, and your ability to work within those realms exist. So someone who can say they can speak to God disrupts the authority of the church. Someone who can say that I have seen Jesus and he said this is a way to claim authority personally but away from it. Anyone who says Morgana or the gods or Loki or Odin has spoken to me must then show that they have spoken to these gods. Otherwise, it disrupts the natural order of society. So this is why psychics are most disliked. It's because they disrupt the major order. And we know that because the number one thing we know about psychics that everybody knows about is their ability to possibly precog, fortune tell, tell about the future. And that's a powerful thing. But if that future they're showing reflects the present and even some of the past, and it reveals what may be wrong in society, 
they tend to stone or kill the prophet, the fortune teller, because that will disrupt society and possibly disrupt it along certain lines. As history has grown, we've seen people really work hard at this. And psychism, if it is genetic, and some people think that there's some genetic causes for it, or there's structures in their body, or that it's a pituitary gland, or it's any number of systems that take place inside our body. And this comes from the idea of, and it's a very simple idea, and one that I do adhere to, is that the body is materialistic when it's really just energy. Remember, everything in our universe is just energy. It's a matter of ways that intersect each other to create a form that we are dealing with. And in fact, our minds cannot deal with all the information. Our vision is only like 1% of the entire visual spectrum that exists. Um, and that's, that's frightening to think about. That 99% of, of things around us, we can't exist. But we would go mad trying to deal with all that information because it's not necessary to our survival. Remember, we only exist to our survival. So then we have the body. And they believe that the body contains a brain. And the brain in and of itself is more a battery and more of a radio receiver than it is actually a processor. Now, we do see that's not true. Now, scientific methods show that we process all sorts of things in our body. But so does a radio or a computer. And so they function. But the idea is that the information comes from an outside, a monad, as we call it, an individual self, the eternal mind. Some people call it a soul. Some people call it a higher self. He calls it the eternal mind. For purposes of our psychic, we're going to call it the eternal mind. And that in the eternal mind, it's like the cloud where your computer attaches to the cloud. It grabs information from the cloud to bring it into the computer. Our brains drive out to our higher selves, to our monads, to where we store information and bring it forward to us to work and to be used. So, so, so that is kind of it. And then there's the abraxas or the one, and that is all of us together working kind of close in synchronicity, but still retaining some of our individuality. We can work, and eventually, once we are all thinking and acting alike, we become one, one divine force. And we have billions of years before that actually happens in our universe. And when that happens, it comes together. The mind becomes a pure mind, and then it, it, does, it gets lonely, and then it shatters itself to create the universe. Um, it's one way to explain the Big Bang Theory that actually says, well, God, it was God, God existed before the Big Bang. Everybody existed before Bang, Bang. And because we know that in our universe, we have the law of conservation of energy, that energy can either be destroyed, it can only be transformed. So too, it is that the eternal mind is what everything is, is eventually is. Panpsychism is another example of that. The idea that we're the psychic reality is all quantum theory, that it's all combined together. And we're just starting to See, I believe we live at the bottom of a gravity cave, a well of gravity at the bottom of the cave. And we are cavemen peering out into the universe more and more as we're starting to work our way into the trail that will take us away from the planet. And so we're still really planetary cavemen and probably the last generations of pure planetary cavemen. But how does all this have to do with psychism? Well, it's very important to understand that the body may have mechanisms in it that allow us to feel. We know that the heart has feelings. It can translate feelings. We have the idea of a gut feeling. So our bodies are this antenna to information and knowledge. And then our brains interpret it and combine it with our eternal mind to gain more knowledge so that we might actually be able to receive L frequencies, extra low frequencies that may actually affect our brains with each other. So that's a form of what we would call telepathy or empathy. We can feel with other people. So empathy is one of those very basic, basic psychic skills. And, you know, the idea of psyche is something that's very deep into the uh, 
um, psychiatric world. Our psyches are composed of all of our experiences, all of our algorithms, all of our learning to form into a personality. And due to the health of the brain, no matter if the brain is healthy and strong, it, it will create these personalities. If it's not, it will change it. If you have a brain injury, it will change it. Some brain injuries have been dramatic, changing a person's entire context to the world. So it is very much this idea that it is a receiver of information. This is what channelers do. Channelers turn their brain's most cognitive functions off and allow their subconscious to become conscious. Uh, Carl Jung says we will never understand ourselves until we make the subconscious conscious. And that's part of what a psychic does. So let's talk about some of the psychic skills. The number one common skill among psychics, and we see a lot of people practice this, and almost everybody seems to have some form of it. And if they don't, we're really scared of them. It's empathy. We have the ability to feel what others feel. Now, they're very basic situations that we learn to translate different emotional and body signals in our brains. And we use a thing called mirror neurons that actually help us understand it. Actually, mirror neurons are those neurons that allow us to watch other people and reflect on it and be able to copy what they do. The body finds this very important. Um, and other animals have it. Reindeer have it. Uh, lots of uh, pack animals have it. Fish have it. They have these, a certain amount of these neurons that basically allow them to share a common reality, kind of share the same behaviors. And we see this when huge herds or schools of fishes or herds of cattle, not cantaloupe, caribou. Cantaloupes don't have the same thing. They don't travel around. It would be very scary if cantaloupe did. Um, But caribou, or we see this sort of behavior um, to do so. And so that is a form of empathy that is thought through through mirror neurons and other systems that we can feel other people's emotions. Empathic healing is where we can go into those individuals and work with them in a certain way to make their emotions shift, either by absorbing that emotions or having them conceive of us absorbing those emotions or in some other way, emotions deal with it. And so, yeah, so we have this idea of empathic healing, which can do so. And so that is one of the more most common forms of psychism. Uh, the second common form of psychism is the idea of obtaining information in a non-localized way. Now, prior to the 1990s, this would have been considered incredibly difficult, even impossible. We really did believe in a localized universe, that the, um, uh, the power of the sun is 300 kilometers per second. It travels so fast. Right, and that yet there's a supplement to to it, but they, that it is so. So things have to be able to communicate based on the speed of light. Yet now we find in something called quantum entanglement, and it gets abused a lot. Is that two molecules at great distances, far farther than the ability to um, actually make that transition at the speed of light, will actually act together, and that you know that it will act together, and that we in fact will act together distances farther and faster than the speed of light. In fact, it was instantaneous. So the idea of a non-localized communication source is there. And part of that, we believe, is our, our eternal mind, that higher power that we call it. It's really the eternal mind that we all, all individually have. And then there's something beyond that, the cosmic mind or Averick's or the together, which we can even tap further if we need to. And so with that, we have the idea of clairvoyance, the ability to see at a distance. 
clairaudience, to be able to hear things that are not localized. Clairsentience, which means knowledge that we do not know how we have obtained, that it just comes into your mind. Um, and there's, a, there's other forms of clair. The clair group has, you know, these sort of ideas of, you know, being, you know, uh, it just slipped my mind, ha, ha, ha. Um, but there's clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and all of these things, clairolfalteries, there's so many of these types of ideas that we use our, our normal five senses and our ability to think at a distance, and these information obtained to us at a distance. One of the greatest things we've ever heard about uh, clairvoyance is the ability to remote view, the idea of viewing at a distance. Um, government spend, has, governments have spent a lot of money. There's a big series of conspiracy ideas that they're covering it up. There's this idea of doing it, but we do know that people can see at a distance, and if they try to do, uh, that it is that power. So clairs are all about sensory information that we receive that would be normally funneled through one of our five senses and or our ability to think that are now given to us at a distance. Isn't that amazing? It is actually amazing. So we do that. And in fact, it works kind of like a radio or a television in that aspect. What is a radio? A radio is nothing more than a device stones and runes that we reformulated and put them in there into it and it receives information through wavelengths that are coded and then we'll receive it and then we can tune into particular wavelengths based on our tuners. So this is how we think clairaudience works or clairvoyance works. We are basically have great powerful receivers in our minds that allows us to tune into the signals or the wavelengths of information. And that's kind of it. So remember, we are nothing more than intelligent energy. Uh, and what runs through our computers and what runs through radio is nothing but intelligent electricity transformed. They're electrical wavelengths that we even begin to understand. So that's how we believe clairvoyance and clairaudience and things like that, that we are receiving information at a distance from a source that, that transmits wavelengths we yet don't under, fully understand. And so there it is. Then there's kinesis, pyrokinesis, hydrokinesis, or the ability, telekinesis, and that is the ability to affect objects directly with our mind. Now, this one's a lot harder to manifest. People can do the clairvoyance, clairaudience, because they're a receiver. But now with the telekinesis and all of these sorts of pyrokinesis, so telekinesis is receiving, is, is, is sending messages through, or not messages, the messages, yeah, messages into the universe that allows us to move things or the energetic forms of things and thus transpiring into our material world to be able to be moved. So we can then move things with our minds if we're strong enough and smart enough or we have the right signals or the right ideas. This has been terribly difficult to find examples of. They are not seen as tricks. Pyrokinesis is the ability to aggravate atoms and molecules so they catch fire. Meaning that we, get, we aggravate them to the point where they get so hot that they can inflict heat and thus ignite atmosphere, the wood, whatever it is that we want to set on fire. Hydrokinesis is the ability to move water. 
it's like imagine moving raindrops away from you in the storm so you don't get wet. And then so on and so forth. There are different types of kinesis. Okay. So we have that. The next thing we have are forms of telepathy. Now, telepathy sounds like a clairvoyance or clairaudience, and if you practice them, you're much closer to telepathy. But telepathy is the ability to communicate without words in the form of energy and experiences. This is you can experience what someone is thinking or understand them through um, the ideology of whatever symbols they wish to convey with. At the very basic, we think of it as mind reading or that we can read their minds or read their thoughts. But it's something really very deeper because people who communicate with animals are using a form of telepathy to bridge the animal's experience with their own so that they can find a bridge to communicate. Um, some people say they have connection with God or the source, which is that eternal mind and beyond of the cosmos. And they convey they have whole experiences. They even have whole communications. They have whole effects of, of visions and experiences that seem so very real into the material world, but it may not be able to be conveyed in such a way. True telepathy is a very hard experience. So some people during terrific orgasmic sex, which leads to Kundalini, feel that they're one with their partner. They become this one big thing, this double, double-backed creature that is just so amazing and so incredible. And you know your lover and your lover knows you. And you just, in that moment, have an experience that just cannot be explained. That, too, is a form of telepathy. It may be empathic in nature, i.e. you're tuning your feelings, but now you're sharing a common experience and expressing it to each other in a way that is beyond words. So telepathy is another form of that. And so we have that energy. So we have our clairvoyance, we have our clairs, we have our kinesis, like pyrokinesis, telekinesis. We have our ability to have telepathy, which allows us to communicate experiences, maybe even at a soul level. So then we have another form of uh, psychic ability, which is known as spirit communication. Now, this is different from telepathy. This is different from kinesis. And this is actually different than clairvoyance and clairaudience. So all of those incorporate, and if you have any of those, this makes this a little bit easier. But the ability to communicate with spirit is is the copy or is the ability to communicate with energetic beings that may exist in another form. Now, we can talk about ghosts, we can talk about spirits, we can talk about gods, we can talk about fairies, and I'm going to do a big fairy experiment on August 8th, 2020. So if you're hearing this before August 8th, 2020, check out the fade. If you're hearing it after 8, 820, go back into our time machine called the Internet and find out what the results of our experiments. Um, because I've had a, a communication with a fae uh, July 11th, to, uh, 2019, Starwood, which actually did something to me, which restored my color vision, which is something that was amazing. But I cannot necessarily explain it to you how or why, but I do explain to myself that it happened. I can explain to you that it did happen. I can scientifically prove that there was a time in my life where I was colorblind and it actually transcended and cost me jobs. It cost me a a lot of way of the work. And that I can prove to you that I'm not colorblind. So if you believe the historical records of people who would not have to lie, like the United States military, that I was colorblind, then it would only be innately that somehow I, I, I faked it for 57 years or 56 years, and somehow I suddenly decide, oh, no, I'm, color, I'm not colorblind anymore. 
However that happened, that was important. But for me, it happened through a spirit communication with the Fae. So spirit communication is your ability to interact with non-physical entities or with entities that may exist. And since we now know that we're starting to see the results of what calls panpsychism or the idea that everything has consciousness, everything has sentience of some form or another, that it can exist because of the mind, because of the way it communicates, we're able to contact these, these intelligent or these forms of knowledgeable energy. These are ghosts, gods, angels, fairies, demons, devils. And, and like we talked earlier about the ability to receive information like a radio and that we have certain wavelengths and certain tuning abilities, so too I think that has a lot to do with what we're dealing with. Aliens, intergalactic federations, all of this. Regardless if they're real or not, we believe our minds tune into these signals and we believe the messages on a personal level. And this is something that we can share sometimes, but rarely. And as we go into the future, hopefully we'll be able to generate those type of psychisms. And I think that's an amazing ability and I think that we can just generate that more. All right, so if you're listening to this before October 1st or even during the month of October 2020, check out HalloweenPsychicFair.com. We're going to have a bunch of working psychics who are going to try to work at these sort of distances. So psychism also works on a non-local basis, meaning you don't have to be local to use it. There are some things that are easier if they're local, but you don't have to necessarily be local. Getting back to the idea of quantum entanglement, things can be at a distance. Once you know of them, you can do it. There's oftentimes in comic books, which I really love comic books and, and those sort of things sometimes, is the idea that you can teleport. Yes, teleport, which is another psychic ability, the ability to transport yourself to another place instantaneously at a distance. We think maybe black holes can do it. Maybe we don't know, but if we can do that. That would be amazing. And quantum teleport. And we have actually done real-world teleportation of atoms through the quantum field. So it is possible that teleport can exist in the future. In fact, everything we have ever conceived of becomes, starts to become a reality as we move more and more into the future. Science is one of the ways that we do this. We kind of train ourselves to go from uh, magically subjective to scientifically objective. And there's a lot of things that have been... And everything really starts as magical subjective, so understand that, meaning even the most conceptualized and most hard reality started with somebody realizing it and a magical subjective. We wanted to fly. It took us a very long time to learn how to fly, but we figured it out because we had this belief we could do it, and then we went from magically subjective, well, what if we tried this, what if we tried that? We are developing it in our imaginations to, oh, my God, we got the right brothers, got a plane off, and now the sky's the limit, and we moved beyond the sky. But it was first a magically subjective idea that humanity wanted to try, and so many, so many generations, so much humanity said, we cannot fly. Today, nobody will say that. We will just say we can't personally fly. But guess what? We're learning to do that, too. We're building all sorts of devices but let us use our bodies to fly. Uh, Skymen who jump out of airplanes without a parachute, they have their sky wings, hang gliders. And so we're slowly but surely building those prosthetics, those physical prosthetics to envision something we call flying out there. And I think computers are our psychic that will allow us to have forms of electronic telepathy, forms of all these sort of psychic skills 
through prosthetics. Um, certainly VR represents that so to the large degree of being astral projection, ability to travel. But I'm jumping ahead a little bit. So we have this idea of telepathy. We have this idea of psychism. But what good is it? I mean, after all, if I were a predator, say a wolf, right, and I had the ability to read minds, it would drive me crazy because I would never be able – I would have to learn how to control it enough to target my prey. But what if I was a rabbit being chased by a wolf and I had this sort of telepathic transmitter that was screaming my fear out to the universe, help me, help me, I'm afraid. That wolf could then follow me and then devour me. So psychism doesn't have a lot of good in nature unless it's properly controlled and properly exists in some way that makes it useful to us. So that's why you don't see a lot of psychics around if they have existed in our history to a large degree, they don't tend to survive very well. And so they're not able to pass on their genes. And remember, passing on the genes of a 4 billion-year-old entity is the number one thing that all life on Earth is, is does. Understand that. We exist on a being that is billions of years old with an unbroken chain of DNA code or DNA that is unbroken from the day that it conceived itself and became went from the mind create a avatar, a physical form, and that has been dividing and dividing and dividing, creating diversity after diversity, experimenting and creating different life forms ever since. And your body is actually the end product of a four billion year generation of that, just like everything else around you, you interact with it. And if you have children, that code goes on. And if you don't have children, the code may go on in different forms, but the exact code that you are and passes from the universe is it is information that is then devoured by other pieces of information. Isn't that fascinating? But it is the truth. Yeah, your your body, the code in your body is billions of years old. It is a result of hundreds of thousands of lives that have survived. You are actually the descendant of survivors. It's true. And inside that DNA code is a lot of memory, a lot of energy, a lot of tension that can be actually tapped into. And as we learn more and more about it, we will learn how to recover some of those memories. And we do discover that there are memories within it, traumas and positives and habits that get passed down from generation to generation that is encoded in that DNA. And psychic skills are believed to be one of those things that might be encoded that, in fact, our brains, again, getting back to the radio receiver or the television receiver or possibly someday a quantum receiver, which is really probably closer to the truth. And there's probably something even beyond that um, that we can actually then use it to tune in is then passed down genetically. It might be trained in, too. Neuroplasticity may allow us to, to adapt our machinery, but it's certainly is believed and conceived the idea that a witch of a witch you can be you have to be born of a witch to be a witch. Well, I'm not sure that that's true. You can train yourself to do so, but there needs to be some genetic coding, some sort of receivership, some way that our machinery works that way. Um, our brain has to be able to work that way. We have to bring it into that sort of ability to accept the idea of it. Now, psychism is different from magic in this one way. Magic is an act of will, which is a psychic skill. Will is probably the primary source of all psychic ability. You have to will, have a will to accept it or deny it. 
Now, people say, oh, no, it just happens to me accidentally. Yeah, but you have a will to allow it. If you didn't have a will and these things happen to you, it would just fade. no one would know about it and they would not function. So while will is not absolutely necessary for you to have a psychic skill, you have to have will to be able to exercise it, to use it. Otherwise, you just become a flower who just accepts the way it is. You know, even trees, we now know, have certain skills of sending off extra low frequency waves. Plants have abilities to send out extra low frequency waves to each other that they communicate through roots and stems and through, especially through roots and, and the liquids that they pass. And they actually shared uh, resources. And the, there is this mitochondrial or fungus uh, entity that exists underneath the surface of the earth and it can be multi-miles long and then wide. And that they also work in the spirit with the trees and symbiosis to bring even more sort of intelligence to that forest so it can maintain its existence. And people who can tap into that, a form of telepathy that w- works with the forest, people can go into the forest and feel that. And they feel, they can feel those energies. It's something pagans really pursue. And those energies can feel with you. And for some, that even can, can develop into fairies which are nothing but nature spans or electrical energy or intelligent energy an intelligent quantum form of consciousness that can interact with you and you interpret it as such. Again, tuning in and everything else. So we are always working on the idea of these skills and that you can have these skills. Now, the last one, that's probably the one that most people practice. And there's lots more of these types of skills. I can probably go all day and, and all night about what different ways these skills work. But intuition Let's get to the one that everybody really knows about, intuition, the ability to know something before it happens, a feeling. And that is like, I have an intuition that that person is about to attack me. And then they go, oh, I don't want to be there. So you turn the corner and leave the street. That's an intuition. You have an intuition that your boss is about to show up in the office. Now, it could be that it's habit at that time. But what if it's an out of time? Say something happens. You go, oh, I think somebody's about here to visit me. And um, we can do so. Or you think about a friend and the phone call comes in. Or you you have a knowledge like this person is not telling me the truth. I have an intuition that the person is telling me the truth. Or the opposite. Somebody, Everybody else believes somebody's lying. goes, no, I think they're telling the truth. My intuition tells me that. You always hear the most powerful intuition, of course, is what? The mother's intuition. And that, uh, you know, she can sense her children at a distance. Now, with the idea of quantum entanglement, that their minds were once one, they were once one body. In fact, they were developed. In fact, a child was born, came from the grandmother's body. Most people don't realize this, that in fact, all children are born from their grandmother's body through their mother. What does that mean? So every ovary egg that we have in our female bodies, I'm not a female. I don't identify as female. I'm a male. And males are a little different in this aspect. Um, we're more free with our genetic material comes from ourselves. Um, and our mothers give it to us and our fathers give it to us. But ovaries are born in the womb. They're developed in the female's body before they're born. They're formed from the mother's mother. So as you are being born from your mother, all the eggs you've ever been 
exist there. That's right. And so when you have children, right, they're really born from the grandmother's body through the mother who then creates more eggs. She has children. She creates more eggs. But her eggs came from her mother and during the birthing process. Sounds so crazy, doesn't it? But it's true. It's medically true. It's scientifically true. And so this is why we always say the grandmothers are so important. When we talk about our wisdom of our grandmothers, we are literally born of the wisdom of our grandmothers. We're literally born from the body of our grandmothers. Fascinating to me. And so that. So if you are a mother, so my daughter, who's having her second child, but unfortunately another boy, or fortunately for a boy, we love children. She, she, I know, would love to have a girl, but she loves her children, and she loves boys, and there's this idea in the world. But if she, and, um, but if she were to um, have it, or my son had a daughter, so her mother, her mother gave the grand, my granddaughter the eggs that she carries. They're already inside of her for all of her future children. Now, she may not ever conceive children. She may not ever act them, and they may end there. But if they do, then, that, then she will then create another set of eggs in that child for another generation. Being generations, we actually find there's a scientific reason for it. So getting back to intuition. Intuition is our ability just to, at the most primitive level to know that something is, to know a number is going to drop in a lottery and you play it. People have had that experience. Um, a car is coming at a distance that you don't know. Any information that you suddenly get from the universe that doesn't seem to follow a logical pattern but can do it, intuitive leaps, is intuition. And it could be that our minds race faster, digest the information. We're very powerful. Our eternal mind thought. It has a little less concept of time than we do. Or whatever it is, intuition is that most common, even beyond empathy, that we all have to show our psychic world. So what does this have to do with all the things we practice? Well, tarot cards is one of those ways we tune into our minds and try to create the tuning fork that allows us to be able to utilize some of these psychic abilities. Um, meditation, all sorts of other ways we can in, get in tune with them. And I think that's going to be another subject for another time. But this is what psychism is. Psychism is the set of skills that we have that are beyond our five senses that originate in various ways and interact with our mind, either through for the environment or through the greater eternal mind that we all share, the higher self. And that we utilize these in different ways and we have different practices and we have different gifts. But all of them come down to moving beyond the simple physical body, our energy body made whole, matter, and that we then utilize them in a way to, to affect our lives. Everyone has some psychism in them. Everybody has some psychic energy. Most animals do too. So be it telepathy so you can communicate, be it telekinesis where you can move things with your mind, empathy so you can feel emotions, all of these skills exist, and then they, they are turned into more complex skills, such as healing, Reiki, spell casting, and all of that other energy. But it all starts with a single thing, accepting that you're more than your body, and that your mind is more than your brain. And all of these act as an integrated system in order to affect the world, to utilize your will affect the world and to make your world a little bit different. 
So if you can utilize your psychic skills in a number of different ways, you can make your life more interesting, improve it, make it even better by practicing these skills. Um, so this is uh, Sir Ed Perel. Please listen in, and I thank you for listening to Elder Talk Radio. Be back with me next month when I'll talk about another subject. And also check out uh, Laura Don Lewis and Lady Stephanie Neal, who have their versions of psychism on these podcasts. I am grateful that you've listened to me. I'm grateful that you've enjoyed me. And remember, just you know, make it a great day. You're listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight.